Father God, would you please speak through my weak and foolish words, and would you speak to us by your Spirit's power, that we might feed on the Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, it's really, really lovely to be here tonight. We've chosen quite a night, really. Uh, I do apologise to those who would very much like to be somewhere else in uh, not too long a time. Uh, And uh, I I promise I'm not going to go on for nearly as long as I uh, do at St Mary's at times. Um, Food has become a new religion. It's what many people live for. It's what many people do on Sundays. Go out to a gastro pub, invite people round for a barbecue. I mean, there's been a proliferation of uh, food programs and celebrity chefs. For the first time this year, I actually watched a bit of MasterChef. Uh, And if things go wrong, often food is perceived to be the problem. Too much sugar, not enough bran, too little fruit, fruit or water. And equally, food is often put forward as the golden bullet. If we can get people, and particularly children, to eat healthily, then many of our social and personal ills can be sorted out. This week, we heard of another government initiative about school dinners. And it makes sense. If it really is only about the here and now, if it really is only about this world, then food is as good a new religion as any can be. We we read some verses um, just now from John 6. They're about food. Earlier in the chapter, the Jewish leaders have challenged Jesus. They've said, do you remember the story of Moses? Our ancestors were in the wilderness. They needed food. Moses prayed, and God provided this miraculous food from heaven, this sort of bread that appeared on the ground. People came out in the morning, and they said, what is it? And that was the name that stuck. Manna means literally, what is it? As people looked at it, they said, what is it? Well, they say to Jesus, if you are who you claim to be, give us food. Give us food from heaven. Jesus answers them. Your ancestors ate that food which came down from heaven and they died. Why? Because although it came from heaven, and actually all our food is a gift from God, all our food comes from heaven, it was physical food. But I am going to give you a different kind of heavenly food. Not just a gift from heaven that comes down, but heaven itself is going to come down. I'm going to give you true food, spiritual food, food that will give you eternal life. What Jesus here is saying is something astonishingly radical. He's saying that the physical food that we eat here is in fact not the real, ultimate, true food. It is shadow food. It will sustain our physical bodies. It will sustain our physical life. But it will not give us true life. It won't give us eternal life. He's saying that the real food, the true food, and this is where it gets weird, and the people listening to him thought it got weird. 
He says, the true food is me, is Jesus. My flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. He is the source of all shadow food. He's the one who gives us shadow food. He's just fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes. But he is more than that. He is the real food. In Russian, the verb to be and the verb to eat are the same word, yest. It points to a profound reality that we are what we eat. If we eat dead stuff, however tasty or attractive it is, we will stay dead. Jesus says to them, your forefathers ate manna and died. But if we eat that which is living, that which is the source of life and love, then that which is living, that which is life and love will come into us. It will give us life and it will enable us to love. And if we eat that which is eternal, we will know eternal life. Jesus says, the one who eats this bread will live forever. John uses many pictures to show what it means to become and live as a Christian. He tells us that uh, uh, well, we're to come to Jesus, enter through Jesus, receive Jesus, look to Jesus, follow Jesus, abide in Jesus. Earlier in this chapter, he said that the work of God is to believe in Jesus. But here Jesus goes one step further. He tells us that we are to eat him. His listeners found that very hard to take. How can this man give us his flesh to eat, they ask. But actually, what Jesus is speaking about here is something of incredible intimacy. We are to allow him to come into us and become part of us. It's about absolute dependence just as we are absolutely physically dependent on food. So we are saying we are absolutely physically dependent on him. I don't think that Jesus here in John is speaking of what we know as communion. My own opinion, for what it is worth, is that John at one level is pretty non-sacramental. When Jesus says that his flesh is true food and his blood is true drink, he's claiming that he is not claiming that he will be turned or transformed into physical bread and wine. What he is claiming is that if you want to know what is true food, real food, if you want to know what will give us real life, and for John what is real is what is eternal, then you need to believe in him, receive him, eat of him. It's all the same thing. Jesus is here claiming that when we receive him by faith, we receive, we eat the true food. But at another level, John is completely sacramental. Everything here is a shadow of the reality which is Jesus. When we sit down to eat any food, we're immediately reminded of the true food who has given us all things. But equally, I'm not one of those who think that we can separate these verses from communion. 
Paul writes, when we come to communion and eat the bread and drink the wine, we participate, we share in Christ. So when we come to communion, we remember that Jesus lived, that he died, that his body was broken for us, that his blood was poured out for us on the cross. But we do more than remember. And yes, we anticipate, we anticipate that feast in heaven when we will eat together with the saints and we will eat with the Lord Jesus Christ himself in that heavenly banquet. But it's more than that. By faith, we come to him, we believe him, we eat him, and by faith, we receive Jesus Christ, the living bread, into our lives. This is the most precious gift. Today, we are invited to come to him. And using the language of John 6, we are to eat him so that he comes deep into us, so that he fills us, so that he makes us who we truly can be. It's no wonder that people like Ignatius, one of the earliest church writers, were so grabbed by the mystery of it and possibly let their heart run away with their head that they called communion the medicine of immortality and the antidote which prevents us from dying and a cleansing remedy driving away evil. The picture that I like to use is that as we eat the bread and drink the wine, so by faith Christ comes in and fills our whole being and gives us life. We are what we eat. If we eat this bread and this wine, putting our trust in Jesus, in who he is, the Son of Man and the Son of God. And in what he did, dying on the cross for us, giving his flesh for us. And if we eat receiving the Lord Jesus, then we will be changed and we will become like him. We are what we eat.